0: hello and welcome to the here be dragons podcast your podcast to those guides surfing spots that are off the beaten track and in case we cover a spot that is on the beaten track we will give a new spin to it enjoy the show Hello friends and welcome to the Here Be Dragons podcast, the best podcast to the most amazing and unusual kitesurfing spots on the planet. My name is Björn and I'm recording this as usual from the landlocked country of Switzerland. As you can hear from the background music we're not going to take you to Kentucky USA today rather we'll take you to the kite surfing jewel of the Arabic peninsula the island of Masira in the Sultanate of Oman. Masira is roughly located 350 kilometers south of Muscat. It's 20 kilometers off the mainland of Oman. It is truly a kitesurfing paradise. You get all types of spots there on the west side facing the mainland you have the most amazing flat water beautiful lagoon kite surfing spots you want and on the other side facing the Indian Ocean you have some of the most fantastic wave spots on the planet. I know what I'm talking about I've been on the island a couple of times myself very fond memories of the place and I can only advise everybody to go there. Uh, in the interview we talked to Alexander Fiesel. Alexander is the managing director of kiteboarding Oman and he will give us a detailed inside look on what kitesurfing is all about on Masira, where to go, what spots, uh, where to stay, where to eat, how to get there, all the usual stuff. As mentioned in the previous episodes I think there are two ways how you can enhance your listening, listening experience to the podcast. First is in the show notes you will find some links to videos. I would highly advise you that you check one or two of the videos out so you get a good visual impression about how it is to kitesurf on Masira Island. And the second one uh, one is that, again, I have included a URL to a spot map I created where you can follow us around during the podcast interview. It has timestamps on it as well, so you know exactly uh, about which spot we're talking at which moment in the podcast. And that will greatly help you find your way around. Okay. With that said, let's get on with the interview. Today I have the pleasure to welcome Alexander Friesel. Alexander Friesel is the Managing Director of Oman Kiteboarding. Alex started snow kiting in 1990, and in 2002 he also wanted to give it a try on liquid water. He soon thereafter started dreaming about opening up his own kite center, and a couple of years later decided to break up his normal job quotation mark normal job and pursue his dream he became a certified kite instructor and certified kite center manager and in september 2007 he opened up kiteboarding oman they now operate on three locations two of them are close to muscat the capital of the sultanate of oman and the third of course on the jewel of kitesurfing in Oman, which is Masira Island. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Hello, pleasure to meet you. Alex, before we talk about the kitesurfing wonder, that is Masira Island, and we, I mentioned in the communication we had before the interview that I have been there myself a couple of times, tell us, how did you end up in Oman, and why did you start a kitesurfing center there, and also... Describe us maybe in a little bit of detail what kiteboarding Oman offers.
1: Well, how I ended up in Oman is, I guess, a long story of accidents and chances. Um, In my maybe naive uh, approach at the beginning to open a kite center, I was literally spinning the globe and was looking for a destination which might be interesting, having a lot of wind. And no other established kite centers by the VDWS IQ are available so that you can start a little bit without competition. And uh, I realized that in Middle Eastern area, there is uh, uh, still some capacity or there are some, still some possibilities. And during a tourism exhibition in Abu Dhabi, I basically met a surfer, Bruce Finessi and his Omani partner, uh, Isa Sultan Ismaili, and he's a surfer from Cape Town working in Oman, and he said, well, you should have a look onto Oman, which was obviously up to then, I didn't even know where this is, <laughs> um, 2007 or 2006, seven. nobody in Europe, nobody have even heard about Oman. So four weeks later, I sat in the plane and uh, had a look on the uh, first Muscat area, where I thought, well, it's probably the wrong destination because you have neither the wind nor the hotels nor the beaches for a kite center and uh, started then a road trip to investigate the coastline and once i stepped first time on the east coast of oman i just realized that it's just two thousand kilometer ongoing kite and windsurfing beaches and during this road trip i ended then as well on masira which was back then uh not accessible by proper roads so uh and very adventurous ferry. Uh, and when I stand uh, stood on Masira, it was just, well, it's a nightmare to get here. It's a nightmare to open a kite center. It's a nightmare to get tourists down there. But this place is so sick, you you just have to do that. And so the entire story started.
0: And you mentioned, we will get to that a little bit later, that it's difficult to get there. That absolutely makes the place off the beaten track where you don't have 50,000 other kitesurfers all all the way around you.
1: That That's exactly the beauty. I mean, when we have uh, we have a huge lagoon in front of our doorstep and uh, uh, if it's crowded, we are talking about uh, 25 to 30 kites in the air with sharing a lagoon between 5 and 12 square kilometer. So uh, it is really, it's a bit of price to travel down there, but uh, the compensation is just enormous.
0: I absolutely agree with you. Before we talk about uh, the spots and um, the yeah, the spots and specifically let's talk about the one thing that every kite and wind server, the first question he answers, what about the wind? What's the weather system? What causes the wind? How strong is it? How reliable is it? And also interesting to know, of course, what are the best months to visit Masir Island?
1: Well, Masira is located on the east coast of Oman in the Indian Ocean, so we are located on the northern ends of the uh, monsoon trade winds of the Indian Ocean. So basically, during the monsoon time, summerly monsoon monsoon time between, yeah, I want to say May and September, we have pretty much wind every day. It's a wind coming from the south to the north. Peak days are or peak month are definitely around July, so which in mid of June to mid of August and uh, uh, the bordering the surrounding season May to September uh, the more you go to the peak when you when we are talking about July well we are talking about 25 to 45 knots on a literally daily base and since we are located directly in the monsoon it in peak season it, it literally never stops. So, uh, you can kiting from the morning to the evening. Uh, if the moon is up, even in the night, it's, it's incredible. The, the peak season, basically, um, June, July, August is usually a bit hazy, uh, because of the monsoon. So it's a bit cloudy overcast, which usually clears up in the afternoon. Um, the, uh, early season and the late season may september is um, a bit more friendly with let's say 12 to 25 knots um, the sky is much more clear blue sky so if you target a relaxed kite holiday then uh, the beginning end of the season and if you really look for the extreme then right in the middle and uh, make sure you have five and seven meter kites with you because uh, you definitely need it
0: I can remember also when I was there, I thought this must be the windiest place on the planet. It was blowing 24-7, 30 knots all the time. You mentioned before that you did this road trip and driving around the Oman coast and that it's not easy, or at least it was less easy to get to Masira. Tell us maybe how is the best way to get to Masira Island.
1: Well, meanwhile, uh, the roads are quite well developed. So the best way is, um, uh, so far you cannot fly to Mascat, so you fly to Mascat probably. You cannot fly to Masira, so you fly to Mascat. You take a rental car and uh, you drive down to Shanna, which is the port to Masira. Um, it's approximately 420, 450 kilometers, depending on which route you are taking mainly highway so it's a quite easy travel don't need a 4x4 um normal toyota yaris is good enough and um once you're in shana there are basically two ferries there are the uh still old ferry companies local ferry companies which uh look quite adventurous and uh, uh a little bit rusty but uh so far they all made it to the mainland and <laughs> the island until they don't ferry they don't the uh, new one is uh, from the national oman ferry company um latest star state of the art f- ferry the good thing on that is it's scheduled and you can book your ticket in advance uh-huh. so i want to say the entire travel is meanwhile from muscat with the new harbor in uh, shana it's a six hours door to door travel from Muscat to Masira. Aha!
0: Uh-huh. I've I've two uh, two questions I wanted. So there is a new ferry now. Yes. Uh, so it's yes. not only the old second World War army land, <laughs> landing boats, which you have to, which I must say are very adventurous. Not in the sense that they're not safe, but it's really fun. You have to push your way onto the boat. It's packed until the last place, full with people, cars and camels. And it's quite an adventure to just take this ferry trip on the old boats. But there is, you say, a new ferry now.
1: Yeah, the new ferry. I mean, the beauty is for, for, for a tourist who has never been in Oman, uh, the new ferry is scheduled. So which means, you know, when you leave Muscat by, let's say, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, Okay. Uh, you still get the ferry at five, six o'clock. And uh, when I came down 2007 first time, it was... Inshallah. Um, Inshallah. Plus, there was the old jetty, so which means you could only access, the ferry could only access in high tide. So basically, there was, uh, when you had low tides with low amplitudes, you could have sometimes waited up to six hours for a ferry. And meanwhile, you wait maximum, I want to say one and a half hours, and the ferry rolls. So-
0: Another point you mentioned is the four times four. And I actually have a question on my list for this. You mentioned that driving from the capital Muscat to Sana'a, you don't need a four times four. Would you say for getting around the island Masira and getting to the spots that a four times four is necessary, required, or you don't need it at all? And with a four times four, I mean a real 4 times 4 and not a run-of-the-mill SUV which pretends to be a, or an off-road car.
1: Well, a normal small Toyota Hayari, so the smallest car you can rent, is basically good enough to get you to the island and get you everywhere on the island. Um, there is a asphalted road going all the way around the island, which uh, brings you to basically every spot, which is interesting. However, if you uh, want to drive and experience a 4x4, Oman is definitely the country to do so. And uh, if you want to satisfy a little bit your uh, uh, 4x4 needs, um, you have the space and the freedom to do so on Masira. Uh, And for sure, you will find the one or the other hidden spot more. But um, at the same time, we had many stories where people then just stuck their 4x4 somewhere in the Middle of nowhere in an area which obviously was not dedicated for driving. And if you are not uh, experienced in that, you're not able to see the difference of the road. And whatever mm-hmm. has been possible to cross, for example, yesterday with the change of tides and change of amplitudes, uh, today is basically an area of quicksand. And uh, we had uh, actions up to uh, yeah, the one incident was uh, we were getting a car out of the mud three days, including uh, a very helpful and friendly Oman army, which came with Eddie and four trucks. So uh, <laughs> I was literally thinking they basically blow it out with dynamite now, but <laughs> so it's the place to do so. But um, if you want to travel on budget base, the smallest car you find in the uh, car rental is good enough.
0: Just because having a four times four doesn't mean you can drive everywhere
1: exactly no matter if you're in the mountain on snow or if you're in the desert on sand it's the same thing
0: so okay this may be a nice segue to we talked about how to get around the island you talk there is a road more or less driving or not more or less it is actually driving completely around the island and there are a couple of roads which get you from one side to the other maybe this is a good segue now to talk about the various spots on the island so for my listeners if you have not already opened up the map or the URL of the map, maybe now it's a good time to do that uh, so you get a better feeling about the places that Alex and me are going to talk about. So basically you have two types of spots on the island, if I understand it correctly, which is on the west side facing the mainland, you have the flat water spots and on the east sides you have wave spots, and I must say we, I put now on the map. I think five or six spots, but there are definitely ten other spots to be discovered on the island. But Alex, let's start maybe with Sur Masira, mm-hmm. which is where the Oman kite boarding center is also based. Correct?
1: Yes. I mean the reason why we choose the lagoon of Sur Masira for our kite center is because it's. Uh, I mean it's the biggest lagoon on masira which is completely free without any hazards you have depending on the tide between five and ten twelve square kilometer shallow area no rocks no reef no obstacles inside sandy ground so it's really for a kite center an ideal spot where people where you have enough space for your course just where people after the course or beginners traveling, uh, still practicing on their own and uh, just need a little bit extra space and don't have to worry to get drifted out into the open sea or so. And uh, the beauty on that spot is basically it works in any tides. No matter if it's high tide, low tide, low tide, of course, you have to walk a little bit further in. Some say you have to walk very far in because as mentioned, the lagoon is big. But you always find your space, uh, your spot to practice. And for I want to say a kite center where all type of riders with all type of skills are looking for a perfect place to not get lost at the end it's the best way it's the best spot there are for sure more beautiful lagoons with more crystal blue water and with a bit more clean winds but for the sense of a kite center it's in my opinion the place to be
0: it is also very nice especially where you are based on the beach the wind is coming offshore for this short amount of time, and there is no because it's a sandbank more or less. There is no mountain or or trees for that matter, which interrupt the wind. You can really kite in butterflat water all the way up to yeah. the beach, make your jump, do your handle pause or whatever you're into, and jump away from the beach, which is fr- in the flat water, which is really nice yeah. about the spot. And you have the whole bay and the island in front of you as a safe uh, as a safe haven. In case something happens,
1: and especially since Masira has very strong days, uh, offshore is always more safe as long you have enough space, shallow area. We have our rescue boat in case somebody really gets drifted out. But as mentioned, I mean, you have you have missed already at least three kilometers shallow area. Um, but offshore in such conditions is to me the preferred one. Because you end up in the sea and onshore would get you definitely into a more painful
0: experience. <laughs> One last question I have about the sport. Is it doable for wind servers?
1: Well, we do have wind servers there. Wind servers become more and more. Also the free riders. Um, it is you need to be a bit careful because when you, for example, come with the wind servers long fins or RS6 uh, race class the lagoon becomes very shallow to the outer corners and um, so when you come with long fins well you need to you need to find your 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 stop point on your that's the only thing but we have wind surface and kite surface both in the lagoon
0: okay then let's move around 20 kilometers down i'm not sure if you know this spot it's a spot i know it's kalban i put it now as a name yeah, uh, are you aware of the spot?
1: Um, I'm aware of both of the spot. Actually, it's it's um, to me one of the most beautiful spots on the island. It has a small little island in in the spot. Absolutely, um, that's it. it's fantastic. The colors in this lagoon in high tide is is just sick, and it's basically in these rare days or let's put it hours. I have free time as someone who runs a kite center uh, so when i i need my free days basically this is the place where i go and the colors are just stunning it is um the bottom is a bit gravelly and a bit yeah we have some shells and reef gravels so it's not a spot anymore uh, not a spot for someone who still want to walk around a lot but uh if you are not depending on having solid ground underneath it is as optically one of the most impressive spots I've ever had the pleasure to ride on.
0: I agree with you. Very beautiful spots. Truly, truly a nice spot. If we go on the other side of the island, maybe we can talk about Huckle and Kassit. Let's talk about both spots in one go, because I think they have very similar conditions. Would you agree with me there?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean... Hakal Kassit is for a wave rider I want to say the two main spots on Masira even though me as kite center as the one who recommends spots to other people on the island who has never seen them riding I don't really uh, recommend them because waves are incredible they can push quite a lot but both areas, especially Hakal, has uh, some quite nasty reefs underneath. Tell and me about in it. Both <laughs> And in both uh, spots, basically, uh, well, you don't have a picture postcard exit anymore if you really uh, are in trouble and you have somehow tangled you yourself up and you need to swim back out. So uh, it's a spot I want to say, if somebody's really experienced in waves and knows what he's looking for, He will find the spots he knows, well, that's the place to be. For me, as the one who is recommending spots on the island, I have to say, there are, uh, from my point of view, easier, more forgiving spots with waves on the island.
0: Also, I kited both of them. They truly only work with high tide. You can see on Google Earth, uh, if you zoom in, you see the rocks. And another thing I found about Hakko is that you shouldn't start straight where you come from the road. You should drive up the beach maybe one or two kilometers north. The wind is far more stable there. So if we go up a little bit further, there's a spot called Fisherman Shack. Can you tell us something about that? Because that's probably a spot which you would advise or would feel more comfortable with sending your guests to.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fisherman Shack, other people call it Amk um, because the, it's next to the village Amk. It is uh, a nice point break and um, I want to say 400 meter out in uh, offshore. Wind is coming from the right hand side and, and the wave is basically just coming straight to the shore. The good thing is you have, I want to say, a nearly endless sandy beach uh, where you can... Be washed up or washed back to the island in case uh, <laughs> something goes wrong. Um, and since the point break is basically from the leeward side, the the water is absolutely flat. Uh, so beginners can, or you can go from the uh, leeward side. You can ride into the point break, and you can basically decide how high you want to have the wave. So if you just want to practice a little bit around, you do your your first wave with. Um, half a meter meter or so true uh and the challenge is gone and uh if you want to experience the full spot uh then you just tack, uh do a couple more tacks, and you tack windward to the south and you go in into break and you have quite long waves and you have quite a lot of fun there it is as it is not as pushy as hakal and kassit but to me It is the way more safe spots and even I prefer to be there because if I have the rare moments where I can go kiting I want to I just want to have an easy and fun session and uh, don't want to mess with the elements.
0: I absolutely agree it's a fantastic spot and what is also nice you have far less rocks and on top of that I don't know if it's still there and it only probably fills up with high tide or spring tide there is a small lagoon isn't there where you can also play around it's like 30 centimeters of water
1: <laughs> it's not a um, permanent lagoon it's as you said a high tide when in, in uh, spring tides it is a it is i want to say the cherry of the cream for some rare dates days uh, when you're there uh, but it is still there
0: are there any other spots on the island which you would like us to cover or do you want to keep some spots also secret for you and your guests <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, actually, Kalban is my secret spot. Um, thanks for covering that. <laughs> <But laughs> Should I
0: edit? Should I edit it <laughs> out?
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Um, there are more. Um, there are more easier flatwater spots on the west side, a bit further south. There is uh, there's Krap, which is I want to say another ten kilometers south of Kalban, and there is sharjir which is another five kilometers south, even almost on the Oh, tip: beauty. Uh, first of all, if you're new to Masira, you will find these two spots probably easier because you have an asphalted road going to both spots. Okay. Everything else is hidden off-road. You need to know where. With uh, all the challenges we have mentioned before, the uh, Cap and Charcher has uh, are both lagoons which uh, wind is coming in over a small sandbank, quite undisturbed. Picture, postcard, crystal blue water, flat water. Both spots are incredibly flat water. For I want to, you're in maximum eight to ten riders' size lagoon. If you're more, then it becomes packed a bit. But, but uh, in both lagoons, actually in all, uh, you you might find some anchors from bow from the fishermen when they have their boats there, or some rocks and reefs there. So it's as mentioned, it's not for beginners. These spots outside of Suamacira, but uh, if you're looking for a change and picture postcard uh, environment and uh, you are uh, a bit independent uh, the island has just endless spots on the on the west side uh, the be- beauty on the west side on the south part on the west side is in summer the winds usually are a bit more calm so i want to say from sur down to the uh, to chargier uh, in peak days it can be you have such a really strong day with 40 knots plus in our lagoon in chargier you might have 30, something like this, 28, 30, uh, still enough wind, but definitely more friendly uh, for beginners. So we escape with our courses then in this in these lagoons as well.
0: Yes, or for the lighter kites. Or for the
1: lighter kites, yeah. <laughs> and uh, on the east coast, um, well, there's in the north, uh, next to the village Shanxi or Asia, there's a spot uh, in, the, in the Italian community. It's called the G-Spot. It's also very nice wave spot. It's probably one of the most known one because the Italian scene was one of the first scene, kite scene, windsurfing scene on the island. But nice spot again for me as a point as kite sender, point of view from a kite center. Not really something I could re- uh, recommend because it's in the north east side of the island, east corner. Uh, which means, with the usual wind direction, it's a side offshore wind direction on an island in the open ocean. Well, I don't need to talk more.
0: Let's talk about some of the hazards and dangers of Masira, and one of the main one being Oman is a Muslim country, so it's also pretty dry with dry yeah. i mean it doesn't I don't mean it doesn't rain a lot, it also doesn't rain a lot, but you can't get a drink, can you
1: <laughs> um well
0: It's not true. <laughs> but tell us, tell us your <laughs> tips and tricks how to circumnavigate this little hazard.
1: Well, um the only licensed hotel on the island with uh, having a license for a liquor is the Masira Island Resort. It's the four-star resort on the northeast side of the island, and they have a full-equipped bar with everything you need, everything you want to have. Remaining of the island is like most of the country, dry land. But, I mean, of course, as tourists, you can always stock up and the duty-free on arrival and get your case of beer or your uh, bottle of Bacardi and, and Coke is everywhere available.
0: I think that's also a fair reason why you should take a 4 times 4 so you have enough place to stack your, <laughs> stack your beer in. <laughs>
1: Well, um, the the stock is limited. You can get from the airport. But well, in the same time, it's to me, it is the beauty a bit on Oman is it's Masira is a bit of destinations for those who want to have the focus on uh, on kiting. And uh, the ones who have more to focus on beach barbecue bikini, I want to say are find their uh, better destination in, in, in other location than other destinations. So it is a quite homogen kite surfing, windsurfing orientated um, community on the island. And as mentioned, with the duty free stock and everything, it's good enough to have your sundown beer and without running out over a week or two.
0: Another hazard I have on my list is camels. Yep. Often, often you are alone on the beach and you still have one or two kites left on the beach, different sizes, which you didn't use at that moment. And then the camels come over to the beach. Is there any danger that they step on the kites and destroy them?
1: Usually not. At least I haven't heard so. And um, camels are... Usually they don't interfere with human beings too much. So they uh, they are more uh living vice versa on i give you peace you leave mine and um but however is i mean uh, the wild camels we are not masira is not a zoo so often you see people then interacting or getting very close to the uh, camels and trying to get a new selfie or something like this Um, what's dangerous with camels in general is but in general in all desert countries is Uh, If you think you want to or you have to race the road on your car, uh, sudden turning up camels on the road is often a bad surprise and might cause you into some heavy braking actions. Uh, So this is a bit of a dangerous thing on that. In general, racing a road in a desert country is not a good idea. Unexpected animals is one thing temperatures in these countries is just very, very high. So the tires are literally suffering in summer. You don't know what these tires have seen before.
0: Yes. And it's one thing to drive with 80 kilometers an hour into a dog. It's another thing to drive into a camel with 80 kilometers an hour. There's not a lot left of your car. You mentioned the heat before. If people Go to Oman and they hear from you, well, the best time is June until September. First thing that pops to mind is, oh, my God, it's going to be cooking. It's going to be 45 degrees <laughs> in the shade. Tell us that is this is not the case on Masira
1: Island. Not on Masira Island. I mean, Oman is a huge country. It is, um, is 1,500 kilometers from north to south, several different climate zones. So, yes, if you're traveling to Oman in summer and if you stay in Muscat, you're ready for everything between 45 and 56 degrees. But there are other places on the, in within Oman which are way more feasible and way more friendly. And especially Masira Island. It's, a, it's an island, uh, so you have the monsoon winds cooling it down. So usually, yes, you land in Muscat in this temperature. You sit in your air-conditioned car, drive down. Uh, the last 20 kilometers from before you reach even the ferry, you are turn off the uh, AC and open the windows. Uh, and the island has in summer between uh, between 24 and maximum 35, 36 degrees in summer, depending which month.
0: Yeah, I can only confirm this, that it was a very pleasant temperature all the time. And in the evening, in the hotels, where I stayed, I didn't even have the, to switch the air conditioning on. You just open the door or the window. And because it's blowing the whole night as well, you have a nice cool breeze coming through the room and you don't need the air conditioning switched on. That's true. I mean,
1: especially when you're dining around in the local, uh, in, the, in the town and all these local restaurants and it's summer and you have uh, 24 degrees and you still have 30 knots of wind in the evening. Uh, with the humidity, it can be quite chilly. So you might not think about it, but if you go to Masira in summer, uh, having a long trousers and having a sweatshirt with you is
0: quite useful. We mentioned before one of the hazards we already talked about were the rocks you have in certain spots, especially in Hakal. There is a good medical facility on the island, isn't there? Yes, uh,
1: especially now since last year they opened a new, hot, uh, new hospital, top modern hospital, state-of-the-art, 24-7. Everything you need in case shit hits the fan. It's one reason why we are on the island, because we have the necessary infrastructure for all kind of situations.
0: We talked about the camels, and exp- there are lots of them. And expect for them, uh, you have a couple of goats. But that's pretty much it, what you have from flora and fauna on the island. On the other hand, I must say the sheer emptiness of the island. The emptiness has some serenity to it, something very quieting
1: um to a certain extent there's one thing i want to add with the uh, flora fauna is it's a desert island and yes it's as you said quite a deserted place but there's one thing is masira is a part of that it's one of the most important nesting areas for sea turtles and there are
0: absolutely i completely forgot about that in
1: summer huge nesting and hatching activities are going on and uh, especially during the nights in summer And I had several times the bless to uh, witness the entire procedure together with the local uh, turtle rangers. But there's one thing which is really important for me to say is these creatures are, no matter how fascinating they are, but they're extremely shy. And it is, to me, or it is definitely a no-go to go on your own and trying to see them without an experienced guide, Because... If you know how to approach them, those animals, they're easily to be scared away. And uh, I want to say 80 to 120 unlaid eggs will then be wasted into the sea and be turned to fish fodder. This is definitely a point where I wanted to point out to say, well, yes, no matter how impressive this procedure is, but please don't do that on your own.
0: But the season for laying eggs, as luck has it, collides with... The best surfing season, isn't
1: it? Pretty much. We have uh, five different species of sea turtles in in, on Masira, and the main nesting season is in fact May to uh, May to July, beginning August, and then 100 days later uh, hatching process. So it collides definitely with the surfing and windsurfing season.
0: Which maybe is a nice segue because I wanted to ask you one question about sea life and the turtles we already mentioned. Is there anything interesting to be spotted uh, when you are kite or windsurfing?
1: Well, Masira area, this part of the Indian Ocean is still a very pure and a very clean one. So whatever you know from pictures or rumors you um, you have in the sea there as well um i had several times the blessed to uh, to kite with dolphins or to see dolphins sea turtles during kiting uh, sometimes in specific seasons we even see the whale wandering in the channel between the mainland and the island north to south or south to north on their usual routes. but in general the island has everything you can imagine
0: i also saw a couple of manta rays i think if uh, yeah
1: yeah especially in our lagoon at the beginning of the season you see manta rays or whatever, but outside of the lagoon, basically whatever you can imagine is available in, in Oman seas.
0: Let's talk a little bit about where to stay and where to eat. Do you still first question? Do you still have your Bedouin tents on the kitesurf spot, or is that not? No longer.
1: Well, the beach camp directly on the Kite Center has, meanwhile, uh, faced some serious upgrades. It is now operated by our cooperating local partner, working quite close to our, with us. These are now basic wooden huts. They are all having private bathrooms now. So it's, it's, a, it's a basic place to stay offering all facilities if your main focus is on sleeping directly on the spot. If you're looking for a bit more comfort as well, the, I have mentioned the four-star hotel. On the island where we have really good special uh, offers for that furthermore you have two or three local hostels on the island which offer um, uh, more or less clean rooms for cheap money and um, you want to stay on budget base close to civilization.
0: If you say cheap money what are we talking about? Other
1: local hostels are around uh, between 25 and 30 real per room uh, room only
0: approximately. Where to eat?
1: Well, yeah, the camp offers food, the hotel offers breakfast, lunch, dinner, or however you want. But you to to me it is there are plenty local restaurants in on the island. And um that's for me I wanna say the the best recommendation because uh the entire surf scene is meeting, the entire Kaida windsurfing scene is meeting in the evening in the local restaurants. There are Turkish restaurants if you are eager to eat meat. There are um Indian restaurants which I want to say doing one of the best chicken masala I've ever eaten. Um, you get a uh, squid masala, fish, whatever you want. And it's, I want to say good food in local style for cheap money. So you can eat from one and a half real to five real in town. And you are part of the local community a bit and you see a little bit what's going on. It's definitely an, an experience worth, worth it. And since you have your own car, anyhow, you're flexible to, to, to travel around. I want to say everything you need to survive and in your kite holiday is available in town. Don't expect to find everything you want or you think you want to have in your holiday. It's a more local experience, but it's um, everything you literally need is there.
0: Tell us what is your offering on Masira Island. And secondary, what I also wanted to ask you, tell us a little bit about the other two spots where you operate in. So we also get an impression about those.
1: Well, on Masira Island, I want to say we offer a standard program of a permanent kite center, a modern permanent kite center, which means we have our basic courses, we have advanced courses, private classes, kite rental, and uh, in case you have... Uh, any mishaps with your gear we are trying to do our best to help you uh, with kite repairs and that's basically where we are available seven days a week in summertime we rent out gear as well of course uh, which is often uh, a good alternative because when you come to Masira not everyone want to buy a five meter kite just because he needs it one it is one kite (laughs) holiday because the remaining of your lifetime you probably use it as wallpaper so uh, we have all these kite sizes here fair point furthermore we have two kite centers in uh, around muscat muscat which are I'm, i I want to say it's more um, hubs or access point around the capital so if you are it's a typical capital beach uh, it's um, The winds in Muscat, they are not really breathtaking. So we have thermal conditions between 7 and 12 knots. Good for beginners and good for hydrofoiling, but nothing which I would recommend as a kiteboarding holiday. So Masira is, if you really think about doing a kite holiday, the place to be. And that's the reason why why I'm in Oman, because I saw the conditions.
0: When people want to go to Masira or one of your other destinations do you also arrange the accommodation for them
1: we do arrange accommodation as well because we basically i always recommend to get in touch with us because uh, and, and we handle we send them an offer it's first of all we have usually very good offers special deals which are normally not available somewhere on the net and often when people sending us a mail telling us about their travel plans uh, we have a chance to uh, have a look over it and say, well, if you leave Muscat by that time, you're still not able to reach the ferry or to uh, uh, when they want to travel after the kiting session in Masira, travel through the country. So we are able to give them an advice and hint where to go, what to what to see. And so it's, I want to say it's never a disadvantage to send us an email before you book your holiday and uh, you always get an honest, open and fair advice. On top of our classic program, what we also do is we do uh, guided kiteboarding holidays. One in Masira, one type in Masira is basically we do a group holiday guided from airport Muscat to Masira to airport Muscat. Is for all those who are curious about Oman, have heard about Masira, want to see that, but they are not eager to travel on their own through a Middle Eastern country. And uh, next trip is 21st to 27th of May. And also what we do is uh, really basic kiteboarding adventures to the hidden lagoons of uh, Barl-Hickman, which is on the mainland. There are some extreme stunning flatwater lagoons, most more beautiful than anything what I have seen before. But it's very difficult and dangerous to get there because it's, a, I want to say, 85 kilometer off-road trip. Um, most of the area is covered by quicksand and you have not uh, no uh, infrastructure, no phone reception there. So it's definitely something worth to be experienced if you're in for that type of holiday, but a guide is a must.
0: Are there any points you want to mention, anything I forgot to ask you now in the interview?
1: Mm, not really. From my side, I think um, we have a quite complete overview about Masira, and uh, the main thing is what is very Interesting, I want to say, Oman is, um, even though if we from Europe have a different perspective of uh, Middle Eastern countries, but Oman is an absolute safe country to travel. And it is just a new holiday experience because people are very peaceful and will curiously welcome you. And the natural sense of hospitality is just incredible. And it's unbelievable safe and relaxed to travel in the country. People will help you if you get lost. And me personally, on the island at least, I still don't lock my car most of the time, for instance. And where else could you do that? This is, I want to say, one of these small things which at the end make your holiday experience unique, relaxed, and you are off your all-day life faster than you can imagine.
0: Okay, Alex, I will of course include all your contact details, um, the website,
1: Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, the best thing is uh, the kiteboarding, uh, hyphenormand.com. You have the direct links to the Facebook page. Um, That's the easiest way to approach everything I want to say.
0: And with that said, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview. You were very generous with your time and also very generous with providing us such a detailed and I think very useful information about Masira. Alex, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: I sure hope you enjoyed that interview. But before we end the show, I wanted to ask you for three favors. First of all, please advise the show or refer the show to one of your kitesurf buddies so we get the audience up. Secondary, if you want to rate the show on iTunes, please do so. It will help other people find the show more easily. And third and most importantly, please subscribe to the newsletter on the website. You will find the info in the show notes so I can inform you when a new episode has arrived and what it's all about. And with this said, hope to talk to you in two weeks. Take care. Oh,